For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AM570 in LA Sports Icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on AM570LASports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Make sure you have the free iHeartRadio app. Listen to the podcast if you missed the show. Kevin puts it up the minute we get off the air each and every day. And if you've got the app, why not stream the show live wherever you go? It's the free iHeartRadio app. Make sure you have it. All right, later this hour, Vinny Bonsignor jumps on. What are the Rams going to do? Trade deadline approaching. Will they make a move for a running back? J.C. Jackson benched by the Chargers, so Vinny will be on. We'll talk some NFL That'll happen near the bottom of the hour. Uh, also, some spirituality will be coming your way very soon, oh, something we oh, all desperately need. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. But today, uh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Before we hit the break, uh, we were talking about a couple of animal incidents, one in Montana and the other in Australia. And we just wondered out loud. Crikey. Have you ever had an encounter with an animal? And what happened? We got a couple of people that called in. Jonathan in San Pedro, thanks for holding. Okay, what happened with you? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, so I actually have a couple of stories. Uh, you know, me and my family, we do a lot of camping. So last year at the Grand Canyon, uh, we were out there, I guess, during the dry season, and uh, we had a about seven-foot-tall uh, elk come into our campsite. Uh, what? We were told by the rangers, like, hey, Elk. Uh, elk? Damn. Seven yeah, feet they had, tall? They had, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm about, I'm, I'm six one, And when I, when I got up close to this thing, I mean, it was, it was definitely at least a foot taller than me with its antlers. I mean, these antlers were about, I'll say maybe four feet wide, uh, and, and really sharp. Damn. Uh, but we were, we were told by the Rangers, if an elk comes in, just bang your pots and pans, you know, it'll scare it away. So that's what I did because I was cooking food, and I started banging my pots and pans, and I guess this thing didn't like it. It started charging at me, so I had to I had to run away and get out of my campsite. Uh, you know, we had to pick up the kids and you know get everybody out of there. And well, what'd you do when it? What'd you do when whatever? What'd you do when it charged you? Uh, I freaked out. I, I ran away. I'm mad yeah, right, you like, did. Why'd you get that close? <laughs> And I was like, well, that's what the Rangers told you to do. You know, bang your pots and pans, it'll scare them away. But this guy, he he, he meant business. Bang them pots and pans on a big and, seven Yeah, and then uh, earlier earlier this year, we were in uh, in Lake Tahoe. And uh, uh, we were in our campsite, and uh, me and my wife and the kids and our friend and, and their son, we went out for a little walk around the campsite. Uh, then we just started people hearing screaming all over the place. Uh, we kind of assumed, yeah, something's going on. So we, uh, we got back to our campsite and sure enough, there was a bear, uh, going around. Oh, God. Uh, it got into some people's food. 
And hey, the, the worst part is it was at night. It was it was really dark. All we had was you know just flashlights to be able to look around. Uh, before we knew it, the other was in our campsite. And um, I mean, you're not supposed to, but I had a BB gun with me, and I shot that thing, and it was oh, away. But it kept bear with the BB gun. Around. We gotta wait. <laughs> yeah, dear. It's a little, it's a little, you know. Uh, but I mean, you know, the the ranger came by and shot that thing three times with the with the bullet. And, uh, that's eventually what made it go away. Oh God. Uh, and then uh, th- this weekend, I was in Anzaburra. There's more? Uh, you know, <laughs> trying to... Good Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I put myself in these situations a lot, apparently. I I, I, I make my smile a lot. But uh, I was in Anzaburra trying to, you know, get away from that, not having to watch the game. Uh, I had no service out there. Uh, you know, Dodgers, man. Anyways, that's not the point. So... Uh, I found a scorpion, and I was trying to pick it up to show my kids, and uh, it tagged me right on the finger. A scorpion? Why would you try to pick a scorpion up? Right. All right. Jonathan, thanks for calling, Jonathan. and here's the advice. Never leave your house. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's Jonathan. this guy is putting here. himself in harm's way constantly. Yeah. If you, if you know Jonathan, don't hang out with Jonathan when he wants to go out of the house because he's going to pick up scorpions and skunks and who knows what else he's going to try to pick up. Have an elk charge him and deal with a bear. And by the way, in San Diego, Juan Soto lost the ball in the sun. The Phillies now lead yeah. three nothing at the top of the second. And Soto's wearing shades and Two. shaded his eyes Two with a glove and still. Yeah, he see. did. No, they've got another run in, don't they, Rodney? No, he stopped at third. Oh, he did. Okay, it's two nothing. Yeah. No, it's, it's now three, three nothing. nothing. It's now three nothing. Oh, now it's three nothing. Yeah, Philly leaves three nothing. Top of the second, one down. They've got runners on first and third. All right, Ken in Valencia. What is your animal story? Hey, hey guys, how's it going? Uh, yeah, uh, I was walking my dog at one in the morning, and it had uh, diarrhea. And I guess the coyote tracked his scent and smell it, and he started tracking us. And I just happened to turn around, and he was about to get my dog. So I started yelling, and he didn't do anything. So I looked to my right, and there was an ADT shield in front of somebody's house. And I took it, and I was swinging it at him, and uh, he got scared at first. But then he, he wasn't scared anymore. He, he's trying to get my dog, man. But luckily, uh, we started walking backwards, and the ABC shield saved us. Oh my God! Hey, what kind of dog is it? You have a big dog, or a little dog? Man, I had a little uh, labradoodle, a little mini toy one. Oh, that coyote wanted that thing. Yeah, but you know what? Don't watch your dog late at night. That's when the coyotes come out to eat. Yeah, I just didn't want them to mess up the house. You know what I mean? Not really, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you survived that and did your little labradoodle. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate you listening. One more. Angela, our friend that listens on the app in Honolulu. You have a shark story? Aloha, boys. Aloha. Uh, Yes. I sailed um, from San Diego down to the Tuamotus, which is in the area of Tahiti. And we stayed out there surfing for two months. And... um, I was at this place called uh, Bakarava, and I was surfing this little, the waves weren't very good, but I was surfing this little wave. It was, you know, it was barely a bump, but I was making do with it. It was all right. It wasn't anything like what we got over here at that, on that particular day. And um, I started, it was getting towards um, evening, not too late, though, because you shouldn't be surfing when it's towards evening, because that's when they want to eat. But these little black tip reef sharks, probably about, 
Uh, at first, there was just a couple. Then they started getting all excited. I don't know what. They were like only three and four foot long, but there started to be like 20 of them. And they were like swimming all around me and darting in and out. And then I saw the boat captain, the guy that owned the, the boat that we sailed down there on, coming out of the coming out of the inside of the um, the sunken volcano thing. It's a, like a motu. Yeah, Coming what, out of there, going through the channel, going out to the boat, and I was like whistled really loud, waved it, waved my arms, and he came over in the little uh, dinghy, and I just like dove in. I go sharks, and I just like dove in the back of his dinghy and pulled my surfboard in by the leash and got the hell out of there. Yeah, I would say, you don't want to mess with sharks, Angela. And you know that you. Even though they're little guys, you know, I still need my feet. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes, you do. Exactly. You do need your feet. We're glad you survived that. Yeah, I'm 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 all good with that. Right. I did get ch- I did get chased by a whale one time okay. though, right. it thought Jeez. that I was a My God. Angela. <laughs> I'm serious. All right. I'm serious, all right. Fred. All right. But you but you survived the <laughs> the whale assault as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. All right, Angela. Angela, thank you for listening on the app. We want your life. We want to be in Hawaii. Thank you, Angela. Okay. See, I subscribe to like the Eric Dickerson theory. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. So I just stay away from the water, stay away from the woods, the forest, all of it. Yeah. Well, oh, it, come on, Kevin. What kind of way is that to live? Nope. Hey, I, I, come I, on. I don't disagree with you, Kevin. Get out there. You know, when the jellyfish got me down in Mexico, that was it for me. That's right. In the water. It was bad. Really bad. Yeah. I'll get into the water, the ocean water here or there, but I'm not going to like swim deep and do deep sea diving and all that stuff. Me I'm neither. And if I'm going into the forest riding, you better have like one of those big ass, like you know what I'm saying, like motorhomes or something. That's about the, the most you're going to get out of me. Are these about pitching a tent, sleeping on the ground? Nope. No, yeah, I don't do that either. Not I happening. I don't, do the, I don't do the tent in the forest. I, I no. Too many things can crawl up in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't need that. No, buddy. You don't need it. All right, let's have some spirituality. To provide that, we welcome on Vic the Brick. With the Daily Haiku at 2. And big good afternoon. I am so loving these animal stories. Good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Vic. How about Angela? How about that? Not only sharks, but a whale. From Ohana (laughs) in Hawaii. What about our first caller? He had an elk and a bear. And... And our second caller had a coyote. Listen, you are going into Mother Nature's casa. That's their territory. That's right. So you're gonna you're gonna encounter you're gonna come into some wild encounters. Yeah, but you like the ocean, Vic, so you would not not have a problem with that. No, I love the ocean, but you remember my encounter with the the buffalo in the black in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Yes. Circa 1972 when I was going cross country with my friend Dr. Richard Cooper Smith and our Clementine oh. Orange Super Beetle. Super Beetle, that's right. Like the Super Beetle. And you know, kids from Brooklyn going out, first taste of the West. And I see, you know, a herd of buffalo, I'm freaking out. I said, wow, these are the buffalo. The majestic buffalo, the romantic buffalo, who once covered you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of acres of America. I said, I gotta, I gotta go up, to, I gotta go up and see one. 
especially with your amazing goatee. Sure. So of course I left. I left. I left the car, side of the highway, go go into the field, and suddenly I see the buffalo scraping the ground with its its legs. And at least something popped into my head saying, you know, Vic, it's time to go back to the Volkswagen. Yeah. Time to go back to the car. So I just did a complete 180 and just shot back. Did you run? I did. That was probably the wrong call, no? Something popped in. No, listen, you, you got you to gotta get to the safety of whatever. I don't think there's any safety in running from a buffalo, Vic. Yeah. Then the buffalo run from yeah. run after you yeah. if you run? If it wants you, very lucky. If, if it wants you, it will get mellow. you. The buffalo was very mellow. Just uh, stood its ground, and Coop and I continued the uh, the trip. Eddie with, listens with no, to the show. No he uh, he tweeted, "Yeah, I once wrestled a bear, my ex-wife." Hello, wow. hola. Terrible. Wasn't that a thing back in the day? Where like wrestlers would wrestle bears, Fred? Yeah. yeah. Always a bad call. I would say so, right? Yeah. Probably couldn't pay me enough to do that. By the way, like, uh, Brad, the Phillies are up Pitt, four nothing. Now. Fall, no. Say again, Vic. Remember Brad Pitt, Legends of the Fall? That great scene at, when he when he wrestled the bear at the end. Yeah. He died a he died a good death. Died a good death. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Leo Leo, Leo DiCaprio. Oh, DiCaprio too, right. Survived the bear in the Revenant. Yes. That was a great scene. Oh DiCaprio scene. and the oh the Rev oh. That was insane. Isn't that a great scene? What a great no. movie. I think it was. Not uh, great for Lee. Leo's character. What an amazing story of resiliency. I think Ang Lee produced that. The great Ang Lee. Ang Lee did. It did he. The great Ang Lee. Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Ang Lee. Sensational director. We had DiCaprio and the Revenant with that bear. Just that. That will resonate through cinema history. And resonating through football history, USC history, it's Rodney Pete. VTB! Now come. Yeah, Holly's going through an incredible uh, eastern storm right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isn't it hard? It's not just Ottawa, but it's going through the east coast, and it's just unseasonably insane cold conditions. Yeah. He's a man for all seasons. He's Kevin Figgis. Come on now. <laughs> and his audio will rock you 24-7. Enlightens you with the highest form of sweet audio dynamite. It's Ronnie Facio. A king flavor in the house, yeah. Come on. You guys see the Laker game? Yeah, we saw it, Vic. We did, Vic. The yin and the yang in San Francisco. Oh the yin? Yes. Anthony Davis was healthy for 35 minutes. Scored, what, 27 points? I, I breathed a sigh of relief. Okay. Brown at 31. Russell Westbrook, double-double with the sore hammy. So there were glimpses. There were glimpses. Uh-oh. 
It's going to be baby steps with D-Ham squad. Vic, they're not very good. They're an average team. That's what they are. Don't have great expectations and appreciate when they win. It's hard to hard to believe you say you have LeBron James on your team and they're average, but that's exactly what they are. Well, they can't shoot for it. Well, yeah, and in basketball, that's the way you score. But they haven't well, shot well in yeah, years. I would say so, Fred. Yeah. Isn't isn't this a void that should have been filled years ago with three-point shooters? Yes. I mean, this is year after year. They can't shoot the three. Kevin, has Buddy healed a good three-point shooter? Historically, yes. Last year, he struggled a bit. That's the guy they originally wanted, remember? Yes. It's frustrating. Lakers Clippers tomorrow night. Lakers court. That should be fun. Well, it's the same court. I mean, no, it's not. It's the same building. A court is a court. It's just the Lakers get to uh, make the money. Court is not a court, Fred. The court's different. Court is not a court. court. What is is the Clipper court made out of bricks and the Lakers out of wood? Maybe. Oh, it's a whole different. uh, Oh, grain of wood is different. It's a different wood, Fred. Different court. NBA courts are not constructed from the same wood. Not the same exact. No, it's well, not the, the same thing? exact court. Wasn't the big thing back yeah. in the day of the Boston Garden? It was parquet? Yeah. But there, no, there were dead spots. I don't think anybody has parquet anymore. But everybody well, had parquet different. back then is what I'm saying. There's different little no. nuances to every single court, Fred. Every piece of wood is not exactly the same. It's kind of like a snowflake, Fred. Every snowflake is different. Although unique. they may look the same. They're all unique in its own way. Same with every section of a court. Is every basket different? Yes. It's a different feel, Fred. So the baskets the Clippers shoot into during their home games yes. are different than the baskets the Lakers yes. shoot into at yes. their home game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a whole different feel. Background, lighting, the whole thing, Fred. Everything, Fred. So it's Lakers every football, court tomorrow. You, every basketball is different, Fred. True. I was so impressed with Steph Curry in his uh, bling speech. Shouted out to Brittany Griner. Wished her a happy 32nd birthday. Yes. I mean, that was really, really wonderful to use that platform you know, to shout out Brittany and give her the, give the update of 243 days still incarcerated horrifically in Russia. So, thank you, Steph Curry, for, for the Brittany Griner update and the awareness. I mean, get her out of Russia already, man. This is insane. All right, Vic, let me update the baseball game. So, the Phillies had a 4 what, nothing lead. What game lead. is that? What Phillies is and that? Padres. Well, who cares? Phillies had a 4 nothing lead. Bottom of the inning, Brandon Drury hit a home run, made it 4-1. Okay. Josh Bell just launched one. Looked like it was going out of the park. So now it's 4-2. Okay. And they're in the bottom of the second. All right. Boom, boom, boom. Shootout. Again, encapsulating, you know, the uh, NLDS. Again, it's not the pitching, everybody. It was really 7-8-9 and 4-5-6. 
that six of nine hitters in the lineup. And that's where the Azul failed. And one, two, three didn't produce that crazy number as well. It was hitting. You know, everyone is stressing the pitching again. It's not so the pitching was fine. The pitching, you know, one shaky in the seventh inning from hell, but that was it. It was, it was just the production, runners in scoring position. You know, I don't, I don't want to keep hopping on it. But again, it was seven, eight, nine. I mean, Grisham was the, was the MVP. Nola, everyone gets Nola. Nola was insane. You know, and Cronenberg had an incredible series. I mean, these guys just were out of their minds. Cronenworth did too. Cronenberg? <laughs> they were out of their minds. They were nuts. We're snapping back already. I'm feeling I'm feeling a big Dodger snapback already. I got the vibes. Well, you got to wait till spring training. We've got four months to Camelback Ranch. Fellas, what do you think of a pair of blue jeans costing $87,000? Ronnie, <laughs> hit me. A pair of Levi's sold in New Mexico. $87,000. Why? A denim yeah. archaeologist excavated this 1880 pair from an old mine. A denim archaeologist? That's a thing? Yes. There's only you one. You become a denim archaeologist. Yeah, there's one, and that's that guy. Gotcha. <laughs> so, the land of enchantment, New Mexico, they unearthed it from this old mine. Someone was wearing this you know, old pair of Levi's. Why'd they leave their jeans in the mine? Yeah. Maybe there was a cave-in for it. Well, did he take the guy's bones out too? Yeah, where are the bones? No clue. But you know, the miners used to use candles to light their way you know, down there in the darkness. Yes. So there's actual candle wax on these jeans, which may have enhanced the value. And part owner is a guy from L.A., Zip Stevenson. His part owner, he put in 10% of the 87000 And Zip runs a denim repair shop right here in L.A. This is not a real story, Vic. No. Right? You've got to be you kidding me with real. this, Vic. You've got no, this one or something, right? So, Come on, Vic. Come so on, what he's going to do, he's going to repair the jeans and sell them? <laughs> for $87,000? <laughs> well, he has to get a return on his investment. Eighty-nine. He has to sell them for like 100000 uh, Fred. That's how it works. Who knew? I mean, this is, this is better than gold, man. you got a pair of 1880 <laughs> Levi jeans. No, it's not no, better than gold, Vic. Talk about an investment. No, it's not a good investment, Vic. It will grow, Fred. What's going to grow? It will grow. It's going to grow. It's going to grow mold. That's what it's going to grow. These are Levi's, Fred. The, the, denim, market is, the denim market is insane, Fred. <laughs> Vic, the denim market is not insane. <laughs> Vic, I can go to Marshall's Isn't and get you a good pair of jeans for 10 bucks. Vic, we've never heard of the denim market. Vintage <laughs> denim, Fred? That, that $88,000 jeans Dude, in a couple of years will be worth $100,000. No, Vic. It's probably worth $100,000 right now. In 19, 1972 Russia, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get anything in and out of there. Like, I'm looking at vintage denim now. There are some jeans that are like, you know, 200 bucks or whatever. That's not crazy for really, really, really quality jeans, but I mean, yeah, but these $87,000? But these are made to look vintage. 
Right. The, these are the original Fred from eight, eight. Levi's has been around a long time, Fred. Okay, baby. All right, I'm just going to look this up real quick. Hold on. Thank you, Neil. Forever in blue jeans, y'all. Is there like a denim museum somewhere, Vic? Oh, there should be. Archaeologists dig this stuff up, and then they're debating whether... The, no, I'm pretty sure those are Wranglers. Nah, that's Banana Republic all day, brother. And they have to send it off to like a denim expert. Okay, well, there is, a on it. there is a jeans museum. It is in Zurich, Switzerland. Okay. Oh. It is the world's only brand-independent museum for heavily faded denim. It currently is home to over 14,000 jeans and denim jackets. I'm thinking they don't make a lot of money at that museum. Well, I think it'll be very busy, Fred. Maybe just Jay Leno. I mean, how, how, long, how long can you stare at clocks? What? You got to do something else. In what? Search, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Vic. What do you do in Switzerland, really? You climb the, uh, the mountain and you go to a clock factory. <laughs> you eat some good Swiss cheese, Vic. Come on. <sighs> All right, that leads us back right to, to the, the haiku, haiku, Vic. Yeah, let's, let's go, go right go. to the haiku. Let's do it. And I'm bringing out the heavyweights again to make us all feel good. The good vibes from Matsuo Basho. All right, Basho. Oh, Haiku for you. Let's go. Basho. You remember Basho? Yeah, we oh, remember. Yeah. The, the titan of the industry. Yeah. Titan. It's Haiku for you on this Wednesday, October 19th. In the twilight rain, these brilliant-hued hibiscus, a lovely sunset. I'm feeling you. Basho. Tell you what, it painted a very good word picture, Vic. Bringing us back. Bringing us back. Bring, you know, just bringing us the good vibes. Yes. Yeah. As we're all, you know, as we're all still in recovery. Good vibes, y'all. Yeah. From Basho. Okay. Let me, let me just say this, Vic. Uh, and that was a great haiku. Uh, a good friend of ours, Shannon Farron. Yes. Has been listening for Shannon. the last half hour. She's the best. And she sent me a text. <laughs> you want to know what the text is? Yes. What the hell am I listening to? <laughs> Shannon, I ask myself that same thing every day from noon to three. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, let's get into the Rams and the Chargers and uh, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. We'll talk about the NFL next with Vinny Bonsignor. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Credit. That's credit. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Rogan and Rodney. 
Let's go, Rodney P. Fred Rogan, hump day. Down the home stretch, Freddy. Let's go. Hey, Rodney, don't forget, we are giving away Charger Seahawk tickets. We got to give them away before we get off the air at 3 o'clock. So I would oh. say that that time is coming up pretty oh. quick. We're close. Uh, keep listening for your chance to win. All right, let's get into the NFL and welcome out our buddy Vinny Bonsignor. And Vinny, thanks for jumping on. Thank you, guys. How are we doing? We're doing well. A lot to cover. I want to start with the Rams today. Uh, let me give you the litany, and then we'll break them down. O-line issues, Cam Akers, and should they make a trade? Let's start with the offensive line issues. Yeah, um, and that was, we've talked about this a lot. They lost uh, a couple of key players just coming into the season uh, in Andrew Whitworth and uh, Austin Corbett, uh, who went to the Panthers as a free agent. Those are two big losses uh, at tackle and guard. And then on top of that, you know, you've had players get hurt. Uh, and then you lose jo- Joseph Nopum, um, who was the replacement for, for Andrew Whitworth. It hasn't looked good whatsoever. It was a question mark to me coming into the season regardless. Uh, and then the injuries happened. So they're in bad shape right now at the offensive line. And Rodney, you know this as well as anybody. Uh, you could drop every play that you want. You could be as creative as you want. You could be an offensive genius. If you can't block it up front, you might as well just tear those plays out and try to run something that you can block. Uh, and then all of a sudden you, you realize that a third of your playbook is no longer available to you because you can't protect it. And so um, the, the Rams are going to continue to struggle to find consistency and wins uh, as long as that offensive line continues to struggle. All right. Yeah, and it's almost like you go in – sorry, Fred. No, go ahead. You go in with wishful thinking, like, okay, this is the week right. we're going to turn it around. These guys are going to be able to block them, block them up. And then you get into the game and you realize, oh, no, the same old thing. These guys are not as good as we thought we were, meaning our guys, and we can't block these guys. My thing with Sean McVay, and this is one of the small, or one of the, not small, but it's big, it's one of the few criticisms I've had of him since he's been uh, become the, the Rams coach is that his in-game adjustments don't always match with what's actually going on. And if your offensive line is getting beat up, it just doesn't seem like he adjusts the way he should in, in, in the middle of a game, Vinny. Yeah, and on top of that, um, you know, when when you look at when you're if you're an opposing defensive coordinator and you're seeing that the Rams' offensive line can't get it blocked up, your eyes are getting big because now you're starting to think not only can we possibly beat them with just our four, but now we'll start sending some blitzes because they can't pick it up. They're having trouble communication wise and just physically picking it up. Uh, so they're going to throw the kitchen sink uh, at them, and that exasperates the adjustment uh, uh, aspect for Sean McVay because he's going into each game now and the defense and the defensive coordinator are throwing all kinds of different things at an offensive line that can't block it and trying to keep up with that and making the adjustments on your end uh, is really difficult and it's hard enough in this league as a coach to make adjustments when you do have a healthy offensive line and they do do have an effective offensive line um, when you don't even the adjustments that that, the, that you make it's kind of wishful thinking because you don't know if whatever adjustments you make, your offensive line is going to be able to be there for you as well. All right, Vinny, now let's move to Cam Akers, that situation. What do you know? Uh, yeah, that's, that's something's obviously uh, going on. And, and you know, what's, what's, what's really disappointing about that is he's a talented running back. And the Raiders are the Raiders. The Rams can use uh, a, a running game. They can use a dependable running back. Um, and there seems to be uh, guys, they're just not on the same page. Uh, and so I would think that um, something's probably going to happen on that front. You know, the trade deadline 
uh, is coming up. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, maybe he wasn't here uh, by the time that trade deadline is over and done with. And speaking of the trade deadline, Christian McCaffrey is available. The Panthers have put him on the market. But the Rams don't have the capital, the draft capital, or the players to go get him, do they? Um, you would think not. I mean, unless they want to start dipping into uh, future first-round picks uh, that they that they do have possession of. You know, they've traded a lot of those away. Um, and is that suitable for the Carolina Panthers? I know the Carolina Panthers, you've heard, you know, two first-round picks. I don't think there's a, a chance, and you know where, that they're going to get two first-round picks for a running back who's already had uh, a history of, of injuries. Just the other, a couple of weeks ago, you know, um, Christian McCaffrey himself said, you know, I, I, I go to the restroom and I come back and I'm on the injured list. I'm on, you know, the injury report because something happened, you know. So uh, that's not a running back that anybody's going to give up, I don't think anyway, two first-round picks for. If there's a way that they can come to some sort of an agreement with the Panthers, he would be the perfect fit uh, for this Raiders, uh, Rams offense, even without an offensive line uh, being, being uh, up to par right now. A guy like Christian McCaffrey is a guy that, you can get him the ball in space. Uh, you can throw it to him short, and he can make things happen. You can mitigate your offensive line issues with a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. No, he's the, he's the perfect soldier, as they would say, Vinny. He can do it all things. Yeah. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife kind of running back that can do it all. Um, let's move to the Chargers, Vinny. They uh, they beat Denver in overtime on, on Monday night, which was – Probably the top three ugliest games of the season so far, if not the top two or top one. Um, but they got the Chargers got some issues. They they benched J.C. Jackson, their big time free agent acquisition this offseason. Benny, what's going on with him? First of all, yeah, and um, that is a huge, huge development right there because they put a lot of eggs in that in that basket, thinking that he was going to be able to come in here and really uh, help solidify this. The, the defense and and here's the thing yeah they you know they only gave up what 16 points against the Denver Broncos yawn every defense has given up I mean that's more points than some defenses have given up to the Broncos they're just in a world of hurt right now so I'm not reading anything defensively into what the uh, Chargers did uh, against that depleted of an offense and when you go back to J.C. Jackson you know prior to that game prior to going into that game this Chargers defense was what third worst I think it is in the in the NFL they're giving up way too many points way too many yards um, and so when they start seeing good offenses down the road that's a problem for them because again they thought bringing in Khalil Mack bringing in uh, the cornerback um, that they were really going to be able to, to tighten things up on that side of the ball they felt really good obviously obviously about their offense but it's not translating uh, into results defensively right now and so that's a huge problem and now you got Probably a, a disgruntled, I don't know anybody that likes getting benched, uh, you know, Rodney, <laughs> that's going to yeah. take that well, especially uh, a guy, um, you know, that came in here with a, as a high-priced free agent, and not, not necessarily a savior, but somebody that was just going to lock down one side of the field. Uh, and it's interesting because, you know, Bill Belichick made no real run uh, to keep him there, and the powers that be here in Las Vegas, um, you know, came from New England, so they had uh, as much insight as anybody uh, on on him, and, and they chose not to, uh, to to pursue him. So it tells you something. It might tell you something a little bit about you know what the perception was of him, and what maybe some of the reality was of him. And if this is more closer to the reality of his capabilities, the Chargers are on the hook for a lot of money for a player that may not ever live up to that. Betty Bonsignor is with us. All right. 
Let's move to Daniel Snyder. The situation, uh, and uh, Jim Hersey made some comments. Daniel Snyder said, basically, I'll nuke everybody and take them down with me. How do you think? Uh, how do you think that plays out? It's such an interesting situation. I, I, I actually kind of applauded uh, uh, Jim for saying what he said. He's always been a, a stand-up guy, and, and if he's feeling that, um, I, I, I would imagine that there's a lot of owners that feel the same as that way uh, as he does. And so um, this is not in a good place for Daniel Snyder uh, and Washington. Uh, I know that he's going to fight. That's just kind of who he is. Uh, and you wonder who he's willing to take down with him um, if he does have, quote-unquote, you know, some uh, some damaging information uh, on, on people in the league. You know, I think it's Bush League for him to kind of, um, you know, he denies it, I guess. Uh, but, you know, if it's true that he's said that and intimated that, I think it's, it's, it's Bush League. You know, you, you created the problems that you created for yourself. Uh, and if you're not man enough to own up to it and pay whatever price you have to pay for it uh, without threatening to take other people down, um, you know, that's, that's I, I don't, that's something that you don't uh, feel good about, you know, under any circumstances. But it is interesting. I mean, it, does he have anything? And is it enough, you know, to potentially ward off some people that, you know, want to maybe get rid of him but are f- afraid of going down that path because maybe they've got some skeletons in the closet. So uh, it's definitely – this is one where you've got to get the popcorn out and sit back and watch because you never know where it might end. And then you have the Jerry Jones-Robert Kraft situation and Ro- Roger Goodell's contract. Jerry Jones telling Robert Kraft, two 80-year-old guys, don't, don't F with me. Uh, everybody voted for Goodell to get the deal and, and the finance committee to figure it out. Jerry Jones stood up and fought it. Is that just theater? Uh, no, uh, I don't think he would do that just for theater. Um, but I think he's wrong in this case. Uh, I think, you know, for whatever, you know, what, um, every commissioner has their faults. Every commissioner has had their or made their mistakes, but, you know, when I look at the NFL and I look at, you know, the, the finances, what they're bringing in, the TV contracts, their continued uh, efforts to, you know, get games, uh, you know, streaming, you look at uh, every metric in the NFL is still pointing way up, and there's still new horizons for them uh, to get to, and I think Roger Goodell has been a, a, a good leader in that regard. It's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be squabbles. There's always going to be controversies. I'm not quite sure where Jerry Jones uh, is going with this? What you know? Feathers got ruffled on on his end, uh, but when you put but didn't those it, didn't it get did it get Vinny? Didn't it get ruffled when they uh, they 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 suspended Zeke a few years back and and they uh, came down hard on him for something and and Jerry Jerry kind of took offense to that and I think it was one other thing that they suspended the Cowboys on. Yeah, um, there's been some issues with that. and But if that's the vendetta you're going to carry, um, that, to me that's a little bit short-sighted. You know, every team has had a gripe with, you know, um, you know situations that arise, penalties uh, that come of it. Um, but, you know, if Jerry Jones is kind of feeling his oats to that point, I think that's detrimental uh, to, to, the, to the league and to the NFL, and I don't think it's necessarily warranted. Again, Roger Goodell um, has not been a perfect commissioner. I'm not say, saying that. But I think, by and large, he's done pretty good by those oh, yeah. owners, Jerry oh, Jones yeah. included. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're basing it on where the league is, popularity wise, financial wise, uh, they've closed Los Angeles. Uh, you know, fixed that whole problem. Uh, they've got stadiums being built all over the place. Looks like Tennessee is going to get a uh, a new stadium at some point uh, here. You know, a dome stadium there where you can have Super Bowls in Nashville. 
I mean, I look at the NFL, I look at a pretty healthy darn league. There's, there's issues that you always have to be dealing with. Um, but, I, but the NFL is in a pretty good place, and you got to give Roger Goodell credit for that. No, absolutely, absolutely. All right, um, I heard my buddy Troy Vincent talking about uh, they're not going to change anything with the whole way they look at roughing the passer, Vinny. To me, it's it's sickening. It's uh, it's sickening. And and and, and I look, I was <laughs> I even go back to I was at the the Utah USC game in 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 Salt Lake City over the weekend, and just to see how that game oh, turned. Boy. College football, college football is off to is is really ridiculous because they're kicking they're kicking kids out of the game. But to see what's happening in the NFL, um, where these refs have just, they've turned to, if it's a hard hit or it looks hard, I'm going to throw the flag first and then we'll decide it. And now they don't even want to review it to see if it was actually a real roughing the passer call. What, what is happening, Benny? Yeah, I agree with you. And at least in college, um, they've brought in uh, replay. So, so all yes. those targeting calls anyway, uh, the, the, you know, I've seen a bunch that have gotten overturned. I'm like, thank you. Okay. You know, because what you think you're seeing on the field doesn't necessarily line up with what really happened. These guys are moving. So I feel bad for the officials because they're being told, Hey, we need to get this out of the game. We need to govern this. Okay. Um, now make those calls in real time. Okay. I'll try. But sometimes when they make those calls, you look at it on replay and you're going, that's not, that wasn't targeting. It was kind of coincidental or, the head wasn't even near the guy. It was his shoulder. And when you look at it on a replay, it tells the full story. Normally, not all the time, but normally. And at least in college, they're able to overturn those calls. In the NFL, um, you don't have that uh, ability to do so. But going back to your USC game, um, not only did they call the targeting, but they also called the pass, you know, or roughing the passer, which that yeah. should have gotten overturned, but you can't overturn that um and with replay you could get the targeting but not the um not the roughing the passer which to me changed the game i think usc lost because of that call or that was a contributing factor uh, but at we least intercepted in the college pass. we intercepted that yes, pass exactly that yeah no doubt about it at least in college they're 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 uh letting somebody else review the targeting call and then making a de- determination whether the referee was was right or not that's not happening in the nfl for any of those calls and, and the roughing the past, I mean, it's just gotten so, we were just talking to Josh McDaniels about this. And there was a play where Max Crosby grabbed um, Patrick Mahomes and just sort of danced with him. It was a pro bowl tackle. You know, he sort of danced with them in, in the old days, he would have gotten thrown down and all that. And we asked Josh about that. And he's like, well, fortunately the whistle got blown and every, everyone heard it. We just thought that Max did it willingly. Like, I'm not going to do anything. Um, you know, uh, to get myself, to put myself in a bad position. But he heard the whistle, so he stopped. That was an easy one. But Josh was talking about a game that he was watching over the weekend where where somebody kind of did that to a quarterback, and then the quarterback squirted free uh, and and ran to go pick up the first down. He's like, what are the defensive players supposed to do? You're taught to tackle them, but then you're also taught don't tackle them too hard. And if you go in there without the intention of taking them to the ground and just hoping that the referee blows the whistle, if he doesn't, you're putting yourself in a position where that quarterback can escape free and go get a first down. And that's wrong. It's just wrong. So they need to do something uh, with, with, with the call. I don't necessarily think it's the call itself. I think it's allowing um, replay to really take a look at it, an honest look at it, and say, no, they got it wrong on the field. Uh, th- th- it shouldn't be a penalty. At least get yeah. it to that point. All right. Yeah. Vinny, we both agree with you on that. We appreciate the time today, and you have a great day. All right, guys, take care. Thank you very much.
Clipper fans, log on to our Instagram at AM570LA Sports for a chance to win a pair of Section 111 tickets for the Clippers opening night this Sunday at the Crypt. Tip off seven against Phoenix. Listen to the game right here on AM570LA Sports. All right, who's going to see the Chargers Sunday take on Seattle? 866-987-2570. 866-987-2570. Rodney, what caller number? Seven. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hogan and Rodney. Rodney Peace. An athlete. Rodney Peace. A father. Rodney Peace. An LA icon. Rodney Peace. And this guy. Red Rogan. <laughs> AM 570 LA Sports. Way to go, Henry and Lake Balboa. You did it. You won the Charger tickets to see the Seahawks. And Charger fans don't miss out on NFL action this Sunday at SoFi. Chargers take on Seattle. Kick at 125. Get your tickets today at Chargers.com and listen to the action on Alt 98.7. For another chance to win, listeners can check out our Instagram at AM 570 LA Sports. Ronnie, Kevin, thank you. Terrific work. Rodney, see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Trying to floss on a blind to a broken man's dream A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin Making money off of cuss words, writing again Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen Late night, down sunset, like in the scene What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell, to live and die in L.A. On bail, my people say For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.